This is the message from Connection Community Church for Sunday, August 14th, 2016. The Bible meets Broadway. You can run, but you can't hide. We are so glad that you're here because today, welcome to the Bible meets Broadway. My name is Carrie Jones. I'm Alan Jones. And we are two sinners who have been saved by the grace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Would you pray with us, please? Lord, thank you for today. It's a great day. And it's a day that you had in your mind's eye so long ago. And it's no accident that any one of us are here. I would ask for you to help us get ourselves out of the way so that we can really immerse ourselves in you and the message that you have intended for each one of us today might be a little bit different for one than another but that's how you roll god thank you so much god um as we take a look at the bible and this broadway theme we are in all of the grace that you share with us a grace that we don't have to do anything for except accept it. Thank you for new life, the life that you offer. I pray this in the name of the Father, Son, and Spirit. And everybody gathered said, Amen. Amen. The Bible meets Broadway. Well, today and for the next two weeks, we are going to look at some Broadway shows and consider how they relate in Scripture. In the Bible, we're going to take the Bible and Broadway and put them together, and we are going to have some fun with that. So today, our theme is The Lion King. The Lion King. It was uh, first, as you well know, an animated musical film produced by Disney back in 1994. How many have seen that movie or maybe are familiar with it? Yeah, it's a very popular film. Now, the stage adaptation uh, premiered in Minneapolis back in July of 97 and then opened on Broadway that same year. It became one of the most successful Broadway shows of all time, winning six Tony Awards, including Best Musical, third longest running show, and the highest grossing Broadway production in history. The Lion King is still running in New York City today. We've had the, the opportunity of seeing it and it is absolutely magnificent. If, how many have seen that show? In, yeah. in Broadway. On Broadway. Yeah. If you haven't, if you get a chance, uh, oh my gosh, you will not be disappointed. It's magnificent. It was actually my very first Broadway show just a few uh, years ago. And when those curtains opened, it took, I had this emotional response. It was so incredible. Well, just a recap on what Lion King is all about. It's about a story of Simba. Simba, that little guy on the back of the big lion. And he is the young lion that's to succeed his father, Mufasa, as king of the Pride Lands. Now, that is until Mufasa, his father, is murdered by his brother, Scar. That's the darker um, lion there with the, with the black mane. Scar manipulates uh, Simba into thinking that Simba's responsible for his father's death. And so Simba runs away, and Scar takes the throne, which was the whole idea anyway. In exile, 
Simba is befriended by two very interesting uh, little things called uh, Timon the meerkat and Pumbaa, the warthog, who teach him the concept of Hakuna Matata. That's a wonderful name, which means I got no worries. I'm not going to go there. No worries in Swahili. So they live this fairly carefree life until Simba is reunited with Nala, a childhood friend who he falls in love with. Hmm, wow. So she encourages Simba. That's the right place, yeah. She encourages Simba to return home to claim the throne, which is rightfully his, as the Pride Lands have, have become a wasteland under the rule of, of, of Scar, uh, Simba's evil uncle. Simba refuses and he storms off. And, and as he exits the jungle, he encountered his, encounters his father's friend and advisor, Rafiki, who tells Simba that his father is alive, quote, taking him to a pond in which he sees in his reflection the reflection of the face of his father. He's then visited by the ghost of his father in the sky who tells Simba to go back home to take his rightful place on the throne as the king of Pride Lands. Realizing that he can no longer run from his past, Simba goes home. He takes over the kingdom he restores it to its former glory. Nala, now Simba's wife, gives birth to a cub, and the circle of life continues. As we just sang. Yeah. It's a great story, isn't it? And the reason we connect with it is because it's got universal themes, themes that we can connect with. You might not connect with all of them, but there's many themes and sub-themes, and, and most of us can connect with one or another. The one that catches our attention for this morning is a theme, you can run, but you can't hide. You can run, but you can't hide. Whether running from God, running from someone else, or running from ourselves, more often than not, there comes a point where we've got to stop running, face the music, where we must deal with whatever it is we're running from. Say it with me. You can run, you can run but you can't, can't hide. So we find several examples of that in the Bible. A few weeks ago, we talked about Adam and Eve. They had it all. They were in paradise. Things were wonderful. In fact, they were living a perfect life. That is, until they chose poorly and did exactly the opposite of what God wanted them to do. And so after they ate that fruit, they ran away. They tried to hide. But God knew where they were all the time. And as scripture says, he was searching, was calling them by name. He already knew where, you know. But anyway, they were forced to say, here I am. They were forced to come face to face with what they had done. Mm -hmm. Now, about a uh, shift gears, about a year and a half ago, we did a series on Jonah. Now, Jonah ran away, not wanting to do what God wanted him to do. <laughs> I think many of us can relate to that at one time or another. But God followed Jonah as Jonah was thrown overboard from a ship, and God sent a fish to rescue Jonah. And during the three days in the belly of that fish, Jonah had ample time to wrestle with who he was and who God wanted him to be. Plenty of time to deal with what he was running from. Plenty of time to figure out how he was going to stop running. Another great Bible story is um, about a guy named Jacob. 
Jacob. Now Jacob was the son of Isaac, who was the son of Abraham. Jacob was Isaac and Rebekah's second son, because Jacob's brother Esau was his twin, born a little bit earlier, moments earlier than Jacob. In fact, we're told in scripture that as they were being born, Jacob is grabbing Esau's heel, thus the name Jacob, which means heel grabber. <laughs> Figuratively, it means deceiver. Now, how prophetic that name is, as Jacob would be grabbing the heel of or deceiving people, someone or another, for much of his life. For example, on one occasion, he took advantage of his brother's appetite, getting him to trade his birthright for a simple bowl of stew. In that time and culture, that means that Esau gave up a double portion of inheritance as well as some other advantages of being firstborn just for a meal. Kind of dumb if you think about it, but also Jacob was one to take advantage of an opportunity. Later, when, when, when their father's eyesight was failing, Jacob was able, with the help of his mother, to deceive his father, to the point where his mother suggested he put goat skin on his arms because his brother was hairier than he was, arms and neck. He was trying to deceive his father into thinking he was his brother Esau and was successful and got his father, Isaac, to bless him in the place of his older brother. So, having been taken advantage of twice now, Esau vowed, to kill his brother, Jacob. Their mother, Rebecca, hmm, was told of Esau's plan and she clued Jacob in because after all, Jacob was her favorite. That was very obvious. And she told Jacob to flee to her brother Laban's house. In, um, that was the family place of origin, a place called Haran. Wow, that family had issues. I mean, can you just feel it? The Bible is full of dysfunctional families. Mm, it's better than TV. Better than TV. But mm. here's the thing. God redeems and God loves them and us all. And so Jacob goes to work for his uncle Laban, and, and he works much longer than he planned, and this is why, long story short, Laban was as much or more a conniver than Jacob was. He for example, he promised to Jacob his daughter, uh, the one that, that, that Jacob fell in love with, promised to him if he would work for him for seven years. You know, back then things were a little different. It was like, I hate to say it, she was kind of like property, and if you work for me, you will get my daughter. Only, he promised her only to substitute his other daughter, Leah, on the wedding night. Now, it must have been awful dark, and that must have been a lot of wine flowing. That's all I can say. Because the next morning he wakes up next to not the woman he thought he married. And I guess with what happened that night, they were considered married. So then they contract to work another seven years in order to get the woman of his dreams. Um, interesting, isn't it, how the conniver was taken advantage of by his uncle, who was even a greater conniver. I guess he'd had more years to, to hone his skill. You know, as, as we read a couple of weeks ago in Scripture, we reap what we sow, don't we? And Jacob was reaping what he had been sowing. Even so, you know, this is the beautiful thing about God. Even when we mess up, God watches out for us. God can redeem our mess-ups. 
Jacob continued to take care of Laban's flocks for another, another six years. And in that time, God blessed him with some flocks of his own to the point where he had a great deal of flock, a great deal of wealth when he left, uh, along with his, a lot of livestock, along with his children that had been born to both of his wives, along to some of his maidservants. Again, they did things a little different back then than we do today. God then told Jacob to return to the homeland and that God would be with him as he went home. And so returning home after 20 years, Jacob realizes that he's going to cross paths with Esau. <laughs> and Esau's accompanied by 400 men. Well, you can army. imagine Jacob's pretty nervous about this. And so he did something kind of radical to soften his brother's heart. He spent the night there, and from what he had with him, he selected a gift for his brother Esau. 200 female goats and 20 male goats, 200 ewes and 20 rams, 30 female camels with their young, 40 cows and 10 bulls, and 20 female donkeys and 10 male donkeys. He put them in the care of his servants, each herd by itself, and said to his servants, go ahead of me and keep some space between the herds. That's quite a gift package. Anybody given a gift package like that this week, this month? It's a valuable package though, wouldn't you say? That's a lot of, that's a lot of livestock. And he did that because after 20 years, he feared his brother. He wanted some cushion there. He wanted to soften his heart. He's still afraid that his mother, excuse me, his brother hadn't forgotten what he had done. I mean, he knew what he did was wrong. Isn't it funny? Things don't change much in thousands of years, do they? Because we too think that a material gift at times will make up for some emotional hurt that we've caused, don't we? Funny how that works. Thing is though, it doesn't always work. Things just don't magically go away, do they? And a gift doesn't make up for the pain that we bring. But that's what we do. That's what Jacob did. But as we said before, you can run, say it with me, but you can't hide. It's true for Adam and Eve, true for Jonah, true for Jacob, and it's true for you and me. And that's because God knows and we know and when that's the case, it's better for us to just fess up and face the music because it won't magically disappear. Amen? Amen. So Jacob was left alone, and a man wrestled with him till daybreak. When the man saw that he could not overpower him, he touched the socket of Jacob's hip so that his hip was wrenched as he wrestled with the man. Then the man said, let me go, for it is daybreak. But Jacob replied, I will not let you go unless you bless me. The man asked him, what is your name? Jacob, he answered. Then the man said, your name will no longer be Jacob, but Israel, because you have struggled with God and with humans and have overcome. Jacob said, please tell me your name. But he replied, why do you ask my name? Then he blessed him there. So Jacob called the place Peniel, saying, It is because I saw God face to face, and yet my life was spared. Peniel means face of God. 
the sun rose above him as he passed Peniel, and he was limping because of his hip. Therefore, to this day, the Israelites do not eat the tendon attached to the socket of the hip, because the socket of Jacob's hip was touched near the tendon. Hmm. It's interesting, isn't it? How things work. J Jacob received God's blessing here, wrestling with him all night long. Finally. You know, he'd been conniving and wrestling and heel-grabbing all his life to try to get a blessing. Something that God just wanted to give him all along. Isn't that true for you and I may for us as well? You know, God's free gift, God's blessing, God's mercy and grace, God's love. And we wrestle with God as we, we work overtime trying to earn these things that can't be earned. They can only be received from our God who wants to give them to us free of charge, no strings attached. Well, the next day, instead of killing him, Esau ran and embraced Jacob, throwing his arms around his neck and kissing him. And they wept. Jacob was hoping to find favor in his brother's eyes, and Esau gave him that, that very day. They went their separate ways, the Bible says, in peace. I think that's key. The relationship was restored, and in that restoration comes peace. True for us, when there are important relationships that are at odds, we really don't feel at peace. But when those relationships are restored, at least with God, I'm not saying that we have to be like this if there are issues where boundaries need to happen, but there can be restoration, and we too can feel at peace. Isn't it incredible what God can do when we stop running from our past when we face our past. You can run, but you can't hide. Like Jacob, our past will catch up with us sooner or later, and we're forced to come, come face to face with what, whatever it is that we've been trying to avoid. If not here on earth, ultimately on the day of judgment. <laughs> but I think God wants, wants us to deal with it before then in order for us to find peace, in order for us to, like Jacob, seek forgiveness, in order for us not to earn, but to realize God's blessing. As Adam and Eve learned in the garden, no matter how hard we try, we can't hide. God will find us. That's who God is. That's why he sent his one and only son, Jesus the Christ, to find us, to forgive us, to redeem us, to save us. Both Simba and Jacob were able to return home after coming face to face with the Lion King. In Simba's case, it was his father Mufasa. In Jacob's case, it was his father in heaven, also known as the Lion of Judah, also known as the King of all creation. So Simba returned home with a new name. His new name was K. 
king. Jacob returned home with a new name as well. His name was Israel, for he was the father of all nations, a father of a nation with 12 sons and leaders of the 12 tribes of Israel that came from Jacob. When we meet Christ, when we come home in the relationship with Jesus that was there all along for us, we get a new name too. Child of God, you are my daughter. You are my son of the Most High God. Both Simba and Jacob found a blessing when they stopped running. And we can find a blessing when we stop running. When they came face to face with their past through an encounter with their father, one earthly, one heavenly, and they returned home. And so can we. Hmm. So uh, when we were working on this this week, I, I was trying to think through a, a personal example to share. And so I went through the files and files of all my running but can high and all the way back to when I was eight and I snuck off one Saturday morning, smoked cigarettes with a friend and felt I had to fess up to my father, which I did. So, but I thought that, that's kind of old, that's kind of way back. Let me give, and I realized there's, there was one, there's one like right there in the mirror this morning, right there in the medicine cabinet. Because as I took my, uh, uh, my medication for uh, type two diabetes, and I took my medication for high blood pressure, and I took my medication for high cholesterol, and I got to thinking about the surgery on my throat for sleep apnea. I thought about the knee that by the end of the day, I can hardly get up the steps because it aches so much. I realized that I've been running, running from a truth that I don't want to face, but I have to. And, and the truth is all those things didn't just happen. They happen because I take in more than I uh, work out in terms of calories. In other words, I eat more than I exercise. Amen? Mm -hmm. Amen, obviously. And I, and I got to thinking about it, and I said, you know, something's got to change here because I've been running, but I can't hide. I run, but I can't. And I thought, you know, I can do this with God's help. I quit smoking over 25 years ago with God's help. If I can do that, I can do anything. I can do that. I can do anything. But the challenge is, first of all, you can't just stop like, like with smoking. You've got to eat a little bit. The second challenge is, <laughs> the second challenge is, you always want to give up, or you want to uh, lose, take 30 days to lose what you took over 30 years to put on. And it doesn't work like that, does it? I came up with two for a week for a year, two pounds a week for a year. In other words, at my birthday, I said, I got a year to get this off to a week. I'm a little ahead. I'm five pounds this week. I like that one, yeah. And I haven't been riding my bike like I should because this heat's just killing me, but we'll be back one. But anyway, two for 52. That'll work good if I can keep up. And I can, but it's going to take three things. Like I say, it won't come off instantaneously. It's going to take uh, a patience. Three Ps, patience, perseverance, and prayer. And I know with those three things, especially the prayer, because with God all things are possible, amen? With the prayer, it's going to happen. And it's got to happen, because, you know, I can run, <laughs> but I can't hide. So I can run, but I can't hide. i got to tell you, I am really good at running. Really good at running. So one way that I run, and I run hard, is by working. I love to work. I love Connection Church. I love to do all things Connection Church. 14-hour day, no problem. 
that's me. Being at somebody's bedside, saving the day, oh yeah, that's me. I feed on all of that. There's a problem with this. You see, I'm wondering, why am I running so hard? Why have I been running so hard for the last 20 years? Because I'm telling you, Connection Church, I'm one step out of breaking, truly. I said this a couple weeks ago, I'm messed up right now. When you have alcoholism in your family, it's really easy to run. It's really easy to smooth things over. It's really easy to pretend. I've been trained to be that way. And so I find myself in this not so good place, not so good place, where uh, life is good around me, but I'm not good inside. I've been running. I've been hiding for a long time. And something happened when I turned a certain number that it was like, ooh, I have like more of my life behind me than in front of me. I heard at the Global Leadership Summit uh, this past week, Bill Hybels, he said this, is the story that's being written about your life the story that God wants? So I know I'm living into my calling. I know that I'm being obedient in that part, but there's other places where I am flat out not being who God wants. So I have a lot of work to do. I was crying through this talk at 8.30. I have a lot of work to do. And um, I'm going to do it. Uh, I'm on a quest. I'm going to do it. And um, I thank you for those in this room. It's hard for me to, like, look at some of you in the face and not say this stuff because, you know, you've been watching the train wreck. So I'm not going to completely go off track because I'm, I'm running. I'm going to stop running. I'm going to stop hiding. And the great news about all this is that God is right there, like he was with Adam and Eve and Jacob and Jonah, right there to say, I've been here all along. Come on, just have a little rest. I got this. I got this. So um, I'm excited about the journey home. Mm. Excited. That's interesting. You know how opposites attract. Carrie says she's got more behind than ahead. And I've got more ahead than behind. Anyway. Um, anyway. <sighs> That's why I love this man. Don't have much choice at this point. Real question, though. It's all well and good, us, but what about you? If you, what, 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 are you running? And if you're running, what are you running from? Have you identified it? Are you, are you running from yourself? From someone else? You're running from God? Maybe you're doing the Jonah. Is there something from your past that's nipping at your heels, that's following you, that's haunting you, that's maybe even snapping a little bit higher? Maybe some kind of habit. Alcohol, drugs, pornography, whatever. You name it. Maybe it's a relationship you shouldn't be having. Is there hurt from your past that you need to deal with? 
either someone you hurt or someone who hurt you? Have you been cheating? Maybe cheating on your spouse with someone else. Maybe cheating on your time with your kids. Maybe cheating your boss by not giving your job what it deserves. Maybe you've been cheating on God by not giving God the time and attention that God deserves. So what is it? Keep in mind, <laughs> you can run, but you can't hide. Maybe it's time to go to the Father and come clean whatever it is chasing you. Is it time for you, like it was for Jacob, to actually wrestle with God? And if it is, I would encourage you, don't put it off any longer. Today's the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and wrestle if we have to. <laughs> Maybe you have to have a heart-to-heart -heart with God. Maybe you need to come clean. Funny thing is, God's already well aware of whatever you're going to tell him. He's just waiting to embrace you with open arms, welcome you home, forgive you, love you. Might be surprised like Jacob that the Lord just wants to give you a blessing that you've spent your life trying to grab, trying to earn. Maybe today is the day that you come home to God. So we encourage you during, just before this last song, we're going to have a little quiet time. Just a little kind of contemplative time, a little background music maybe, and just some time to get in touch with what is it? Am I running, God? And just a little rustling time. And you can wrestle in your seat. You can wrestle up here on the step. You know, God loves it when we're on our knees. We're, we're at our most open and vulnerable when we're on our knees. Or maybe you want to pray it, talk to it out with someone. We've got a couple people back there. You would just love to pray with someone, wouldn't you? Can I get an amen on that? Amen. 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 So just take this time and get in touch with yourself, get in touch with God. Just explore if there's something that you've been running from. And just remember, you can run, but you can't hide. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Lord God, thank you. I love that story of Jacob, especially the part where he's wrestling with you. It's just such a, it's so our story, Lord. Those times I know I've wrestled. I know people here have wrestled, and, and my prayer today, Lord, is that each one here will know you in a new and deeper way. I pray that each one will pray from their seat or pray from the steps or pray with someone else. Each one will open their heart to what it is that maybe they've been running from, that they need to face up, that may need to talk to you about, that they need to open up, that they need to deal with, Lord. I just pray each one would know you better. We ask these things in the name of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. All Connection Church said, Amen. Thank you for joining us for our podcast. For more information about Connection Community Church in Middletown, Delaware, please visit our website at justshowup.church. You can also call our church offices at 302-378-7692. Connection Community Church, connecting people with Jesus in the life.